Hello and welcome to Hayes' Higher Learning. My name is Ashley Hayes, and this episode we are getting into All About Love. All About Love is a book written by Bell Hooks, and if you have asked me my favorite book in the past 18 months, I am sure that I have said All About Love. It has become my new Corinthians. It is really a brilliant work that investigates nuance and love, especially between people of color. And um, Bell writes... If our society had a commonly held understanding of the meaning of love, the act of love would not be so mystifying. And so I want to start this work by defining love. And Hooks defines love as a combination of care, commitment, trust, knowledge, responsibility, and respect. Um, And she writes that we go through life getting some ingredients, but usually not all. And my definition of love, I've expanded um, to also include accountability and transparency. And we're going to cover these elements and define them. So let's start with care. Care is usually the place where it's most easily to identify love when you cook for someone when you make sure they've eaten, when you give them a place to stay, when you roll them a blunt, we see care and we know it. Um, commitment. The biggest commitment um, in Western civilization is till death do us part, right? It's me and you till the dirt. I um, actually don't believe in that. I think that marriages should be contracts that have renewal options, but we're not going to get deep into that now. We'll talk about that a little later. <laughs> but commitment is ultimately saying... Um, I am with you in this work. Um, I love to quote the poet Dwayne Carter as he says, you think them niggas you wit is with you. And um, commitment is ultimately (laughs) saying I'm with you. Trust. Trust is built in small moments, um, is a quote by Brene Brown that I use often. And Catherine Woodward Thomas writes that loving relationships must include the ability to be vulnerable enough to depend on someone. And um, I think that trust building is a key, key component to love. Because how do you love somebody who you do not trust? Um, Me and my sister often quote the family that prays. It's not you I don't trust. It's your private thoughts that give me pause. But if anything is giving you pause or you are having trust issues, it's very um, likely that love is not present in that space. Um, When we love, we have knowledge. We seek to understand people. We understand why they do what they do, why they like what they like, um, why they believe what they believe. Really, I think curiosity is a big key to love. I don't understand people who like don't ask questions about each other. Like, where'd you come from? Where'd you go to school? Um, even though we can love without knowing that, but real, real love seeks knowledge and understanding of the other person. Um, I think when we love, we exhibit responsibility. When you love someone, you take responsibility for their growth, um, Bell Hooks writes in All About Love. And that is actually one of the more important components for me now. It hasn't always been. I believe when you love someone, um, you really, really take responsibility for their growth and them getting to where they say they want to go. Because when you say I love you and you say I'm committed, you say I'm also taking responsibility um, for this, for your mission or for whatever your growth is. Um, Respect. Respect is a big deal for me, but it's mostly because 
I would be not respecting people and still engaging. Like I would have decided not to respect them or decided that um, what they did was disrespectful. So I was going to disrespect them back. Um, And you don't have to respect everything people do, but do respect their right to choose and respect them as human beings. And um, I was really shook it when I was reading all about love because Bell writes that when you respect someone, you respect their capacity to cope with reality. And so lying is inherently a form of disrespect because what you're saying is, I don't trust you to be able to deal with reality as it is. And out of that distrust, I'm going to take control of the situation by lying. Um, I believe in accountability. I love that the word count is in accountability. I believe in um, saying we would do certain things and holding people saying, hey, you said you were going to do this, that, and the third, and this ain't that, right? Um, And a difficult thing for me to accept when I came to this work was that I had spent most of my life not really seeing or witnessing love. And um, I'd seen parts of it, but not all of it. And Bell mentions um, surviving acts of lovelessness, such as abuse. And I've experienced verbal and emotional abuse, and I couldn't name them. And we'll have a series calling Naming What Hurts, but um, really understanding that there isn't a definition of love that includes abuse. So what is not love? Um, Jealousy and lying ain't love. Um, Emotional and physical abuse is not love. I really want us to work to remove the idea that you can love somebody and also be violent towards them. I don't believe that. Um, You know, baby boy used to come on BT 18 times a day. And Jody saying, I I lie to you because I care about your feelings. That's that bull. Um, I have been lied to and also done some lying and it is inherently disrespectful and it is not love. Um, Bell Hooks writes, there is no practitioner of love who deceives. So to be deceitful and to lie is ultimately to not practice love. And I believe that um, control is a hell of a drug and you cannot love someone whom you want to control. I think we have to love in such a way that the other person feels free, um, which is a quote, and make space for others to be themselves. I grew up in a culture where people were punished for their truth, whether it be that I couldn't be angry or say, say that my parents were lying. I used to get in trouble if you said your parents were lying, even if they were. And that is supreme level gaslighting, which we'll talk about what gaslighting is later. Um, we have to stop punishing people for their truth and learn to use boundaries and acceptance. Many people have been punished for the truth that they love who they love. Um, that ain't love if you're going to to punish somebody um, for living their truth. There can be no love without justice. And oftentimes children are victims of injustice as they depend on people who they fear. Um, That is probably one of the most disappointing things to me about this work is to know that um, a lot of times children don't get love and social justice um, because they're being abused in their homes and they need these people in order to eat or be clothed and go to school. Um, So I really want to work through defining love and really start using it um, in our homes. And so 
Um, Bell Hooks writes about this, and she says that godparents and grandparents are crucial to the justice process as far as dealing with children. You know, my mission um, is that we achieve social justice through love-based ethics. I don't think we can separate the two um, anymore. So, and Bell Bell Hooks writes, by revealing her willingness to accept criticism and her capacity to reflect on her behavior and change, the mother modeled for her daughter without losing dignity or authority, the recognition that parents are not always right. Um, And I really took to this because I have a godparent who has been a very pivotal person in um, my social justice as a kid and as an adult. And she wrote that about her best friend um, when she had to step in as a godparent and say, hey, this thing that you're doing to her is not being done in love. Um, So I want us to open conversations about love and about being able to hold each other accountable. I'm a godmother um, to a queer preteen, and I'm able to give his father alternate al- alternate points of view and ask him, yo, can he wear eyeliner? Um, justice is really the key place where, where love, I think, needs to be the topic of conversation. But let's take a minute and talk about barriers to love. One of the biggest barriers to love, I think, in modern society is toxic masculinity. Um, If you're reading all about love on page 39, Bell writes, estrangement from feelings makes it easier for men to lie because they are often in a trance state utilizing survival strategies of asserting manhood they learned as boys. This inability to connect with others carries with it an inability to assume responsibility for causing pain. This denial is most evident when men seek to justify extreme violence towards those less powerful, usually women, by suggesting they are the ones who are really victimized. Learning to live as a man of consciousness means deciding that your loyalty to the people whom you love is always more important than whatever lingering loyalty you may sometimes feel to other men's judgment on your manhood. Um, So all of those are direct quotes from the book. And um, it is really a classic setup, toxic masculinity, that happens fairly young. Um, because men become socialized to care what other men think about them. And um, one of the first examples she uses is when um, if some high school guys, if a guy's like, I'm going out on a date with a girl tonight, the next morning, what do all of his homies ask him? Did you smash, right? Now, if he did smash and he says yes, he's going to be praised and revered because he ultimately got what his intention was. He got his way. And if he says no, then the guys usually respond um, with a shame trigger and say, well, something is wrong with you because you didn't get that thing. Um, And how can we expect to love in a society that um, rewards the treatment of people as property or prizes or being attached to a certain outcome. Of course, it's the catalyst for manipulative behavior and manipulating people to get what you want. Um, So let's get into manipulative behavior. It's lying to get what you want. Um, Trapping is an idea that I really didn't I used to, I don't really think anybody can get trapped, right? Because it takes two to tangle, but you can lie. 
You can lie and manipulate them into doing certain things by saying you're on birth control or saying whatever the case may be. The silent treatment is a um, classic form of manipulation. It is punishing somebody by withdrawing your care and attention in response to something that they did. The silent treatment is the quickest way to get me to not want to see you, talk to you, kick it with you, skate with you, nothing. Um, because again, if knowledge is in our collective definition of love, then it's going to be important for us to understand each other. And you cannot understand someone who you are not communicating with. Um, threatening, of course, is a big manipulative behavior saying, if you don't do this, I'm going to do that. Um, if any of these show up, please, I encourage you to seek out to professional resources um, because this is not only not love, it could also be abuse. So visit hazeshigherlearning.com for some resources. Um, Abuse, of course, is a barrier to love. I am anti-whooping. Um, in the book of forgiveness, Desmond Tutu writes that whooping is actually an act of retaliation. Um, when somebody does something you don't like, he believes that even with children, we can either communicate non-verbally and non-abusively. Sometimes that's taking somebody's hand off the thing that can harm them or picking them up and moving them out of harm's way. But he recommends that versus... Um, Physical abuse, because you have to think about it. That physical abuse was a way um, that people trained people of colors to do what they were supposed to do and to remain subservient in society. So I do not believe in that, but that's on me, right? That is not me um, taking you to task. If you do with your kids, I just would encourage you, please, to think about it Um the Book of Forgiveness is really good because Desmond Tutu does have kids and he writes thoroughly on this subject. Um, so it's a topic of conversation, right? Um, but I believe in consequences rather than punishment. If somebody puts their hand on a hot stove, the consequences, they'll get burned, right? Instead of punishing them for walking towards the hot stove, I think that we are far more... Um, successful when we communicate consequences. And we'll talk about this um, in our parenting episode rather than um, execute punishment for a particular behavior. Carolyn Miss writes that choice is your greatest power. It is an even greater power than love because you must first choose to be a loving person. I want y'all to remember that people don't choose fear. Fear is a default. There's no power used for decisions made in fear. So be gracious to yourself and others when you identify that fear instead of love is being used. Um, also be mindful that you can have fear or you can have love, but you cannot have both. If fear is driving, then love isn't there. If love is driving, we put fear in the back or kick them out of the car. Um be gracious to yourself and others. Brene Brown writes that bullies are scared people inside scary people. So keep that in mind. The people who are often um, not exhibiting love and are exhibiting abuse are often the people who are not um, only afraid, but they exist. They exhibit forms of scariness and they use it um, to their advantage. And so I want us to show care, commitment, trust, knowledge, and responsibility to ourselves first. 
you are going to be the first person you practice and learn how to love. And please, please, please practice that every day. Um, I want us to practice self-care and using boundaries and keeping our word to ourselves. Um, Oprah really kind of shifted my understanding of like dieting, which I hate. I hate the idea of like going on a diet only to go back to another way of eating. But she said um, about losing the weight once, she said, I got tired of lying to myself and saying that I was going to lose the weight. Um, And as we know, Oprah eats bread every day, but a small bouts of account, small bits of accountability to yourself that really build trust. Um, I want us to approach um, love by understanding and asking questions. I want us to be curious instead of being interrogative, right? Because I, I, again, I could be really good at that. Why did you do this? And why did you, but in but really understanding and saying, you know, this is love. This is what love looks like. This is what my ethics are. So help me get to how we're here and let's make a plan for how we're going to move forward. Um, Take responsibility for your own growth. And let me go back a little bit. We got to be curious about ourselves. A lot of us, um, have just been doing things forever, right? I I do it because it's the way I've always done it. I wear my hair this way because it's the way I've done it. I choose this job because it's the way I've done it. But really become curious about your actions and start um, to question yourself and say, hey, sis, why? What's up? What's driving this? Take responsibility for your own growth. And we're going to get into parenting ourselves um, in future episodes. But that is really how we can start to exhibit love to ourselves. Give yourself grace. You're trying something new. It takes time to treat people how to treat you. So be gentle with yourself. Um, Be patient. Um, On page 139 of All About Love, Bell writes, Realistically, being a part of a loving community does not mean we will not face conflicts, betrayal, negative outcomes from positive actions, or bad things happening to good people. Love allows us to confront these negative realities in a manner that is life-affirming and life-enhancing. 1 Corinthians 13, 4, 8. Four through eight teaches us that love is patient, love is kind, love is not quick to anger. It is not rude or boastful. It delights in the truth. And most importantly, it always perseveres. Love covers a multitude of sins. Love is the thing that's going to get us past this trauma that we've experienced as individuals and ultimately as collective marginalized groups. So how do we show love? One way we show love is through love languages. Um, If you're not familiar, the five love languages are words of affirmation, acts of service, touch, gifts, quality time. Um, my, I always joke and say my love language is paying bills, which is ultimately an act of service. And so affirmations are, you know, you're dope. You did an awesome job at work. You look great in that dress. Um, you sure did clean your car good today. Um, acts of service are going to be, can I take your car to get washed? Can I help you cook? Can I cook for you? Can I pick you something up on the way home? Touch, of course, is going to be cuddling. It's going to be sex. It's going to be um, different forms of touch. There, I um, I have a friend of mine who has a baby, and her baby really just likes to snuggle. And I'm like, wow, her love language, her prevalent love language, is already touch. 
Um, gifts, of course. Um, buying nice things. My homie Tank got a song. You should do some nice things for me. Gifts are a great love language and not extravagant or um compensating compensating um, by giving gifts or manipulatively giving um, with the expect with the expectation of something in return. But small things, a pack of Oreos, um, a new iPhone charger, gifts, quality time, going to the movies, reading together, or really sitting and having a conversation or having coffee. Um, those are ways that we can begin to exhibit love in our relationships. Um, my primary is always acts of service. It is, I'm going to feel loved when you do things for me, when you um, put gas in my car, if you bring something home for me to eat, if you, you know, cleaned while I was gone. Those are the primary ways in which I experience love. Um, and then there's secondary Love language. My secondary usually alternates between gifts and words of affirmation. If I'm home and physically present with the person, gifts are my second. But if I'm away and on the road, I really, really crave affirmation and for somebody to tell me that I'm dope and that they care about me and that they really dig what I'm doing. Um, Communicate how you like to give love because some of us um, might receive it a certain way. Like I receive acts of service and gifts and affirmation. Um, I'm really good at gift giving, though. Sometimes I'm not the best at quality time, especially when I'm on the road. So we can communicate that to people. Again, repetition makes the master. And um, Mark Austin Thomas writes, when love is the context of your life, what details cannot be reconciled? When one knows north, all other directions are implied. So keep that in mind. When you know love, when you practice love, when your intention is love, you really can get anywhere you want to go. There is love and there is fear. There's love, all else is fear. Keep in mind, y'all, that everyone is doing their best. Um, this is a Brene Brown concept that really drives um, my exhibiting grace to people. Everybody is doing their best. And usually people who don't believe that about other people don't believe that they're doing their best. So I believe that you're doing your best. Be gracious to yourself. Set boundaries the way you need to. But ultimately, let's get this love out here in the world. My song of the week is Is This Love by Bob Marley. Um, please remember to visit ashleyhayes.com slash Hayes' Higher Learning. That's A-S-H-L-E-E-H-A-Z-E.com. Um, higher Learning tab at the top of the page to support what I'm doing. Support me by Patreon. Support me by a PayPal love offering if you dig what I'm doing. And thank you so much for listening here at Hayes' Higher Learning. Together we are learning better, doing better, and being better. I hope you have a wonderful week. 